the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. But can I just tell you, it's worth the work. The good news of Jesus, his power over death and his victory over sin, that was not just to give you a get-out-of-hell-free card. That was so that you could enjoy victory in every area of your life. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Marriage is a relationship between one man and one woman. And and so that means anything outside of that context is an unbiblical marital arrangement, regardless of, of other laws and governments, and that's outside of the authority of Scripture. We even have biblical mandates that We're up under the authority of of what the sexual, the physical relationship should look like between a man and a woman. It's that it should be between a man and a woman in marriage. So it's not picking on any group of people or particular lifestyle. If we say homosexuality is a sin, it's not biblical because we're saying any, any sexual relationship outside of that biblically mandated authoritative understanding is wrong. That's why it's wrong to have an affair with another person if you're married. That's why it's wrong to have sexual relations prior to marriage. Why? Because God told us not to. And all we have to do is look at what happened here in Genesis chapter 2 to recognize when we do what God tells us not to do, it gets us in trouble. There are always consequences, right? And this is so serious, so I'm not going to ask you to respond. But I I think most of us here that have lived a little life, if if we were being honest, we could say, yes, man, I've made choices that are antagonistic to the authority of God. And as a result, I've had consequences that I wish I didn't have. Why? Because sin always takes me further than I want to go. Sin always costs me more than I want to pay. And sin always keeps me longer than I want to stay. There are consequences when I thumb my nose at God's authority. So in this first relationship, he set it up real clearly. Yes, there's going to be a man and a woman, but that is a covenant relationship related to God. And so when I do premarital counseling, we start by drawing a triangle on a page. And and I'll tell the man and the woman that you're on either side of this triangle. But at the top of that triangle is your relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And the only way for you to get closer to one another is if both of you individually are pursuing that right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. If you're not doing that, you're not together. But if you're pursuing that, both of you, guess what? You draw closer together. Because that's his plan. That's his authoritative process. 
And failure to live according to God's word and under his authority always has devastating consequences. Listen, there may be a thrill or a pleasure in the moment, but there will always be pain and consequence that follows. So identity, authority, and then it gets real practical. Compatibility. You see, God recognized that Adam had needs. Look at verse 18. Then the Lord said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. Who said it's not good that man should be alone? The Lord God. Do you know what that means? God knew Adam's needs. You know what that means? God knows your needs. He knows these longings in your heart. He knows knows these desires that you have. Living a godly life or up under the authority of Scripture is not suggesting that you have to ignore the reality of real needs. It's just acknowledging that you're going to meet those needs according to His way, not according to yours. In fact, God knew the need before Adam knew the need. You know how I know that? I think that's part of Adam's project. Remember what, he, remember what we read? He said, all right, Adam, I want you to go out and name the animals. And, and I think in doing that, he was teaching Adam to lead and he was teaching him to love. Because he goes out and he sees, uh, for example, the hippopotamus. And he said, man, that's a big, strange creature. And, but then he notices, uh, wait a second, there's two of them. And they're very similar, but I do notice some subtle differences. And then he goes and he sees a giraffe, and the giraffe is really tall. And he thinks, man, that guy has a long neck. And then he recognizes, oh, uh, there's two of them. And they're very similar, but there's also some significant differences. And then he stumbles upon finally one that looks kind of like him, the gorilla, but they're really, really hairy. But he notices even that gorilla has a counterpart. Someone that looks similar, but different. And I think it's in that process that Adam then begins to recognize what God already knows. He has a need. Because his needs are real. He had this longing, this desire for companionship. But everywhere he turned, it was empty. In all creation, he couldn't find another living being to meet his need. So what happened next? Don't miss this. Maybe my favorite point of this time of teaching. Verse 20. Verse 21. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. Did you see that? The Lord God caused a deep sleep. What what does that mean? What are you getting at, Paul? God knew the need. He helped Adam recognize the need. And then listen, then the God who created everything that is made Adam rest in him. God, the Lord God, 
caused a deep sleep. God's plan for you discovering that match made in heaven, even after recognizing that need, is that you get to the point where you're willing to rest in him. You're willing to trust him and his timetable in his plans in the way that he's established this for you. And 30 years in ministry and a good number of years more than that in life. And I would just tell you that most of the time in any area of life, where we get into trouble is when we stop resting in God. And so it looks like this in high school, you begin to recognize that a lot of the other guys and gals, they have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And, and if you are going to fit in, if, if you're going to be right, if you're going to be, listen, complete, you've always got to have a boyfriend or girlfriend. And so you see that even beginning at a high school age, don't you, that there's just a desire to always, always have somebody with me. And then as you get a little older, maybe you get into adulthood and you recognize, man, people are getting connected. People are getting matched up and, and I'm, I'm longing. So what do you do? You force the issue. You go to singles bars or, or you put yourself in places. Maybe you shouldn't be because you're just desperate to have completeness. And you're forcing the issue. God caused a deep sleep. Think of what would happen if Adam would have forced the issue. He might have settled for that gorilla. <laughs> you know what I'm saying to you? Don't settle. If you're trusting God, if you understand these first two principles, that's why we began there. It's kind of broad, but it's so important. If you understand your identity is that you were created in the image of God, and there's some things you're just going to live by. You're going to live by his standards. You're going to live under his authority. If, if you're willing to let that be the foundation of your relationship, then let him bring you someone who is compatible. Because when you find your rest in him, God will guide you to a compatible helper. That's the way he does it and so that's the way it says it right God brought her to Adam that's why by the way when I perform a, a, a marriage ceremony the father brings the bride to the groom God the father brought Eve to Adam and what did Adam do? Man, immediately he began to sing, at last. I mean, that's what it says, right? That's where that song came from. This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And she shall be called, whoa, man. Because she was taken out of man. And where was she taken from? Not from Adam's head so that she would manipulate him. Not from Adam's foot so that he would trample over her. But from Adam's side. So that the pattern for this relationship would be hand in hand, side by side, shoulder to shoulder for a lifetime. Let me just ask a question to all of you who are not yet married. What if our same creator is in the process of preparing that person for you? Are you willing to rest in him? Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. 
It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. Now, remember I told you we were created body, spirit, soul. I, I think all of those come into play with compatibility. And where you get into trouble is when you've sacrificed in one of these areas. And so, for example, body. What is body? That's my physical. And guess what? There needs to be a physical attraction. I mean, there needs to be that. There needs to be a spark. If you're going to spend the rest of your life with a person, I would hope you're physically attractive. It's kind of silly not to be. But that's not all there is. Yet for my life, that's where most relationships start. What's that next part? That spirit. That's that everything else about you. That's what your mind is like. The things you think about. The things you enjoy doing together. The way you like to spend your time. That's compatibility, right? Does it have to be there? Well, there's some cases where it's not there. But boy, it makes it tough, doesn't it? So I want somebody that I'm physically attracted to, body. I I want somebody, spirit, that that I'm compatible with in all these other areas. But then there's soul. The soul is who I am. I mean, my soul is what's going to last forever. And and so my soul is my spiritual me. So why in the world would I want to link my life up with someone who's not compatible spiritually? Why would I even consider that? Why would I settle? You say, Paul, can you make it? Can a marriage make it if you don't have all three? Yeah. And some have recognized that and they're pushing through and they're fighting through and they're trying to make the best. But boy, it's a lot more difficult. And if you only have one of the three, man, it's almost impossible. And if you don't have soul union... Man, you're really missing out. So I want to I say it again to you if you're not yet married. And to you who are raising children or are like more people than ever raising grandchildren. Every day of their lives, pray over them and speak into them. Don't you dare settle. Identity, authority, compatibility. And then finally, intentionality. (laughs) Intentionality. You know why? Because even the best marriages take work. Kimberly and I, we deeply love each other. And we love celebrating our union in every way. But there are hard moments because we're different and we're, we're sinful and we've had five children and, and life is busy and, and you have to work at it. And what's interesting is even in the marriage where it was a match made in heaven, the God who created all that is gave some guidelines and some guardrails for marriage. 
Now just think about that. This was the crown of God's creation. And he could have just sent Adam and Eve on their way. But no, he said, all right, here's some things you need to do. If you don't do this, it's going to be a mess. Here they go. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. What's the guidelines? What's the guardrails? Three words. Leave, cleave, weave. Right there in that simple verse, we have a principle for marriage That if you're unmarried, you want to aim for. That's your target. If you are married, you want to live for. Leave, cleave, and weave. This is so important that when Jesus was asked about marriage, you know what he commanded? Not suggested. He commanded this principle. He quoted it. And after Jesus, I guess the apostle Paul thought it was a big deal. So to the early church, he commended it. These are the guidelines, the guardrails for marriage. How do you live it out? First of all, leave. What does that mean? There comes a point when you unite your life with another person that you have to make a break with those things that are behind you. Let me illustrate those in three different ways. First of all, you have to make the break with your parents. That's your family of origin. Now, don't mishear me. Kimberly and I... We both have very close family relationships. But we enjoy that in a proper proper and boundaried context. You you show me a relationship in which the parental break has not been made, and I will show you a relationship that's in trouble. So think about this. This is so important. That God said that even to Adam and Eve. Because he knew that they would be parents who would have to live this out. Who would have to let their children go and begin to engage in their lives. To leave their families of origin to become a new family. So you leave your parents. But not just that. There comes a point you you leave some of your peers. At least in the way that you've known them. I'll do marital counseling and sometimes... The man might say, well, she gets mad because I usually go out with the guys every Thursday night. And and she says she doesn't want me still going out with the guys. I mean, most of them are single and they're doing things they shouldn't do. But I want to go out with my buds. And I just have to say, are you listening? This is the person that you've united your life with. And she's saying she wants to spend time with you. Make the break. You have to leave your parents. You have to leave your peers sometimes. You have to leave your past in the past. A lot of marriage relationships get into trouble because one or both partners can never get over their past. They're reliving it constantly. You got to make the break. That's leave. Then there's cleave. Cleave is simply commitment. It's recognizing that you're in this for the long haul. It's Ruth, who we'll talk about later, but she said it to her mother-in-law. Don't urge me to leave you or to stop from following after you for where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people and and your God, my God. It's that kind of commitment. It's what I used to tell couples when we still had paper dictionaries. I would say, go home, open your dictionary, turn to D, find the word divorce and rip that page out. And don't ever make it a a, a part of your conversation. Because here's what happens. You start throwing it out as kind of a veiled threat. Maybe we're just not going to make it. 
Maybe we should just divorce. Then it begins, like, like any sinful choice, it gets easier over time to say. And then it becomes easier to do. And what's the problem? The problem is that's not God's design because you entered into a three-way covenantal relationship with him. It wasn't just you two. So you cling to one another. That principle of leaving is the law of priority. This principle of cleaving is the law of permanence. You're committing not to quit from the very beginning. But what's this weaving? Weaving is really a law of purity. Because he says, and the two become one flesh. You're not just holding on to one another, but you become one another. Now, I love it because when you see a couple that's been married a, a really long time, you kind of, I don't know how this works. I guess our creator just makes it happen. But you see these little couples and you think, they even look alike. How did, how did that happen? Man, I hope Kimberly never starts looking like me. I hope I get, I hope I get the good end of that deal. But now he's saying you become one flesh. And, and, and it's this law of purity because for you to be one, you, you have to be pure in your relationship with one another. And so I'm just telling you from pastoring and, and from counseling a lot of years, there are some things I think you need to do if you want to have a pure marriage relationship. Uh, number one, you need to avoid being alone in, in private with a, a person of the opposite sex who's not your spouse. That's just a recipe for disaster. So stop it. Not in your car, not in your house, not in an office. Stop it. But let me go a step further. You need to avoid being alone in public with a person of the opposite sex that's not your spouse. That means, man, a, a business lunch with just you and one other person that's not your wife or not your husband Man, that's a dangerous thing to do. It's dangerous because of the conversations you can have. It's dangerous because of the implications that it expresses to other people. But number three, avoid deeply personal conversations with a person of the opposite sex that's not your spouse. Why would you begin to talk about things that evoke those kind of emotions and bonds that really you should have just with that other person? Number four, Avoid talking about your marriage to a person of the opposite sex that's not your spouse. Most of the time, when we find ourselves in, in ministry or as counselors dealing with an affair, whether it be physical or emotional, you track back the conversation and it begins something like this. Well, you know, we're just fussing at home. And the first response might just be in, innocent, just kind of comforting. Then usually because we have an enemy who's roaming to and fro and seeking whom he may devour, and he's looking for footholds in our life, he might put into someone's mind, hey, why don't you just say this? Why don't you let them know, man, I, I can't imagine how anyone would treat you that way. And then it's a slippery slope that leads to sinful behavior. But the number one thing I would say to you that, man, is destroying marriages almost daily is avoid private and personal online or digital communication with a person of the opposite sex that's not your spouse. 
I think you know it because you're out in the real world. You know how many marriages have been ruined because someone connected with their high school sweetheart on Facebook? You know how many affairs began because two people, maybe at work, maybe at church, yes, at church, get each other's number and start just texting each other. Then all of a sudden there's no, there's no covering, there's no, no light in the relationship, and it goes south. What am I telling you? I'm not trying to end on a rough note. I'm just telling you, every relationship, even relationships blessed by God, demand our intentionality. You're not going to accidentally step into a good marriage. It takes work. But can I just tell you, it's worth the work. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.